I am your host, the invalid, marvelous Mike Dudley, followed as always by my co-host, cohort, and youngest brother, MD3 Marcus Dudley, checking out on you. What is going on out there in podcast land? Thank you for joining us. We are broadcasting live from the What You Been Watching studios right here on the south side of Tallahassee in the shadows of Dope Campbell Stadium. Or Bragg Memorial. You take your pick. You know what it is, though. Uh, how are you, though, my brother? I thought you were going to go with the injured uh, Marvelous Mike Dudge. Yeah, I said invalid, you know. Oh. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> it means injured. Oh, okay. See? <laughs> Learned something new today on the What You Been Watching podcast. Welcome to What You Been Grammar with... Yeah, how you been uh, SAT wording. Uh, <laughs> anyways, though, man, uh, other than that, what's been going on, dude? Oh, man, just been working, working. Been I've been on a real good movie kick lately been catching up on a lot of classics a lot of uh stuff that i hadn't even thought about in years um if only you had a platform where you could go spew your thoughts personally about those before we do that though let me go ahead and get these plugs out the way we want to give a big shout out to kesta for the song the intro music that we have here on it's always bright i believe the name it's always Always bright. bright always bright okay I was thinking it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> bright, sunny, whatever. But uh, yeah, always bright. Kesta, thank you. You can find us at Whatcha Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com. Please write us with all your romantic queries. And, and we uh, will answer them. We will. And uh, where else, my brother? Uh, Facebook.com slash Dudley Bros Podcast. Or, you know, just. Come see us in the streets. We out there. We out there. We out cheer. <laughs> you can find us at weoutcheer.com. <laughs> oh, and also shout out to MK Dudley Art for the uh, graphics and designs. Who, by the way, knocked it out of the park yeah, on, on the uh, the tournament racket. The, the, we don't res- the, yeah. the we don't respect you as an audience <laughs> cash grab sequelization bracket. I think he was definitely more comfortable this go around. I think the first one he wasn't real sure what the format was, and then uh, we didn't know what the format was. In all fairness, well, true, we true. still don't. <laughs> Tell but I, I think, but I think even we more like spot, we have spotily, <laughs> spotily reoccurring segments. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, well, yeah, go ahead. We have real sponsors. We yeah, have... we do. We do. Yeah. No, I just mean that. Like, I don't think. Like, I think. When we asked him to do it, he thought it was going to be more like inside the actor's studio and less like... <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the latter of the two. Yeah. No, he's funny though, man. He will um, he drops like really deep cuts knowledge on some shit that like only he would know. Like he really takes the time to invest in like creature designs. And mm-hmm. When he hit us with the David Mack reference for... Um, Fal- uh, not Falcon and Winter Soldier, but... Uh, uh, Winter Soldier. For the Winter Soldier sequel, like he'll bring up some deep cuts. And so it's, it's always fun to listen to because he doesn't usually talk like that in like real conversations sometimes. Yeah. And so yeah. to give him, once again, a platform for him to spew some nonsense where it's appreciated, it's pretty funny to watch him slide into that sometimes. Yeah, but that's that's why I love the, the collaborative effort because, I mean, like we get different perspectives on like shit that like I would have never looked that up. I would have never looked into it. But, you know, to have someone come in and be like, that's what it is, you know? Or like having be a homer for the Muppets, which like our whole childhood, like yeah, who didn't like the Muppets, but it's something that's truly found his heart in his adult <laughs> life, where he's just like these fucking Muppet movies. They speak to me. Yeah, and he was saying, I, "Am I a man or am I a Muppet?" Exactly. Am I a Muppet of a man? That song won an Oscar. By I the know. Way. It's crazy. The guy from uh, Flight of the Concords, Brit. Oh man. So with that all being said, <laughs> the million dollar question: the reason. Why everyone tuned in is not for this next question, Michael. I think we should go ahead and reveal the secret. 
We have done the work for y'all. We have fallen on the sword. This is the long-awaited, much-debated, Grammy-nominated. Anticipated. Anticipated. Uh, uh, whatever else. This is the It's Pat episode. <laughs> Michael and I watched It's Pat, and we're going to save that because uh, it's called a teaser. But just know that you have tuned in to the right episode. Because I know you people, the legions, have been just clamoring for the idea of yeah, uh, some it's, it's, it's Pat. long overdue. We were supposed to do it, I think, back in February. But we had to... We, we had were. some shit going on. We did know? have some shit we going some on. We had some plans. And we also, speaking of the bracketology, uh, before we move on to the everything else we've, uh, you know, the million dollar question, big shout out to, drum roll please, brrrrap, Dustin Blackstock. He is the bracket winner. Hell yeah, man. Of the he, millions uh, of millions of entries submitted. Of all the entries, his was the most correct. Yeah, he actually did get the final one right, though. He, he did. did. He, he didn't get to Empire correctly, but he uh, he got the Empire winning it all. So, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, your super rad package should be arriving any day now. I'm yeah. working on some B.I.G. things behind the scenes. Right. Possible That's teaser right. for some merchandising oh, opportunities. Oh, shit, son. So, keep an eye out on the, the Facebook M's page. Words? Yes, sir. Um... Well, cool, man. All that's out of the way. My brother, what you been watching? My man, I have been, as previously said, I was on a real good movie kick lately. Uh, sat down and watched Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer. That's the sequel to the Arnie movie? Yeah, yeah. It's the the, the second in the series. Not the one with James Earl Jones as Tulsa Doom, uh, but the really shitty one that's a lot more Dungeons and Dragons than uh, Conan the Barbarian. You know, he gets the wizard, he gets the princess, uh, uh, not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain? Will Chamberlain, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, play, he plays the uh, the princess's bodyguard. Uh, and I would, all I could I, all I could think about was like, I wonder who's fucked more girls at this point, Wilt Chamberlain or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Probably Wilt still. <laughs> Wilt had a body count on him. <laughs> that dude was an assassin. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. So uh, I, I'm a little familiar with the first movie. I'm not as familiar with, uh, I think it's the Destroyer, right? Right. The first yeah, one was Conan the Bar- Barbarian, Barbarian yeah. which is basically the main plot is uh, he seeks revenge on Tulsa Doom for basically killing, slaughtering all of his people. Yeah. Pretty straightforward plot, but yeah, it works. Yeah, it's, it's a revenge plot at, at heart. Uh, the second one is a little bit more of a mythic quest. They got to go to the special uh, castle on the lake that's guarded by magic to get the key to unlock the box to to, to give it to, to yeah to yeah to give it to the wicked queen so that she can ultimately surprise surprise sacrifice the virgin princess to their to their god. Uh, so it's a little bit, you know, it, it, it's a little bit more mythic quest, a little bit Dungeons and Dragons, less budget, but I think that they did more with that. Uh, like, spin it in smarter places. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I mean, all the costumes look like they came from like the like Halloween magic and fun shop. Like that one movie we watched, the Women Warriors or the Women Gladiators. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They had a budget for five horses, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they had exactly three swords, and they had to swap, swap them behind they the did. side. There was no more scenes. than five goons on camera at a time. So. <laughs> like you, grow a beard. You shave the mustache. We're recasting you <laughs> for the same pay, <laughs> same shit. 
you pay sliding scale sliding what <laughs> sliding out the door <laughs> so but it's fun it's 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 you know fun sword and sorcery camp movie you know um arnold schwarzenegger doing all the schwarzenegger things and he hadn't really jumped the shark yet then i mean in the first movie he's pretty like there's no like real corny lines or something like that he's a pretty intimidating well, yeah, he, like he was still kind of getting his act, acting chops which you I mean you come from the bodybuilding world and being an actor, there's like two people ever that have done that. It's like Lou Ferrigno mm-hmm. and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's it. Pretty much. Yeah, he, he wasn't exactly hired for his acting chops. He was just designed like, who looks the most like Conan from the comic book? Oh, you, the tallish, tall Austrian gentleman. Yes, you'll do. Yeah. It's crazy to think his career path's director. Like, he went from that to being at one point like the biggest movie star on the planet. Well... And I was just going to say, the the next movie I saw after that was... So after I finished watching Conan the the Destroyer, Netflix immediately was like, hey, do you want to see these other Arnold Schwarzenegger classics? How about Twins? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to watch Twins. It was like, teach us your algorithm so we can sell (laughs) to you. Monetize your eyes for us. They did. They certainly did. It was great. Yeah. Went literally went straight from Conan the Destroyer into Twins. I don't think I've seen Twins since I was a kid. I remember like it being on VHS at the house. And it's I, not great. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember it being that great when I was a kid. I remember like just watching it because it was like on, but because I like Arnold Schwarzenegger and everyone was like, "Yeah, it's not what you think." I I will say, I, in a weird way, it it's it's sort of a, a seminal work because it launched his comedic career. Like he went from that into like Kindergarten Cop into like. Last action hero and like Jingle all, all the way, j- yeah, Jingle all the way, the illustrious Jingle it's all the way. It's a great movie, great like, Christmas movie. But but that was that was where he was able to start with his comedic chops. I mean, you put him with Danny DeVito, who could you know just gonna lead him by the nose through the comedic timing, you know. DeVito's, Danny DeVito's, uh, we just call people by their last and or first name here. We're always like, oh, old Downey. <laughs> no, he's, I mean, it's about Danny D's, yeah, old Danny D's. <laughs> Yeah, you just follow his lead, man. Like you said, he's just jump on those coattails and ride it, man. He'll get you there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the guy has had such a great and uh, uh, really lucrative career in terms of, I mean, working with Taxi, working on on. I think he was on SNL, a, a writer for SNL in the early days or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure on that one. He was. Uh, Some people say his intro in the taxi. I was watching the uh, another podcast. It's always sunny when they had him on around Christmas time. And I think that was voted as one of like the greatest introductions to a character in television history. Really, when he's yelling at him in the in the uh, the the taxi cab like the uh-huh. little uh, the pit or whatever like right. that, and he's up there on the microphone yelling at people, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and he steps out. And he goes like, and then they, the camera pans out to a wide shot, and he's obviously Danny DeVito size short, <laughs> right. and the other dude's like towering over him, but he's got this mean like go getter attitude. They, I think I was like super high on like iconic introductions of characters uh, according yeah. to certain lists, and definitely the cast of Always Sunny were just singing its praises of like that's one of the best intros you'll ever get on television. Still stands up, and they played the clip, and it does, it does. Yeah. He's he's so smart, man, and like any interview I see with him, he just. He's always so suave and so like cool about everything, and then he's always punching up the lines and 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 making the the interview interesting, like throwing out like shitty one liners and stuff like that. It's, he don't read the interview; the interview reads him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You just kind of like, hey, Danny, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about blank, and you just sit back. You know, I had a sandwich today. <laughs> Tell me about the sandwich. <laughs> exactly. He's like eighty, isn't he? He's getting up uh, there. He's getting up there. Yeah. He's getting up there. 
going to live forever because he's so short, man. His heart's not doing that much work. You know, the heart of a 14-year-old. I'm like 6'5", and my shit is struggling to get to the toes and back. It's scary when you think about it. Wake up like, oh, shit, my feet are blue. Oh, shit. Is this neuropathy or am I dead? <laughs> oh, I just peed myself. That's why I'm wet and cold. It was stone cold. It was stone cold with Steve Austin, yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, let's review some of these first off. So, okay. the Arnold Schwarzenegger kick. First off, there's a, a bit by the great Patrice O'Neill that he talks about. Go and Google the characters that Arnold Schwarzenegger has played, and it's hilarious. Like, his names are like John Smith, John Matrix, Steve <laughs> Matthews. It's like, you know damn well. This <laughs> he talks, he's like, in the thing, he's like, what's your name? He's like, John Smith. Like, you know damn well your name ain't no John Smith. <laughs> Yeah, go, go Google the name of his character. There's a single umlaut in that name. Fuck exactly. you. <laughs> but Patrice O'Neill, rest in peace, brought that to our attention. I Now every time I like, have a little moment, just Google his character name. That shit is hilarious. Like, you know damn well the second you go to a job interview, your ass is lying like a motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. But he's Arnie, man. Whatever. My name is Matthew Humphreys. Yeah. <laughs> you know damn well. It's it. an American name. Yeah. From born in Kansas. <laughs> Cheese buggers. Like, no, you know damn well. I graduated from the University of Iowa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got no, you, you know damn well. You just, Shut up. It's your lying ass. Can you cast this any better? Write a different name. Oh, man. Gunter something. <laughs> Gunter. <laughs> That's what your name is, Gunter. My name is Helmut Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, funny shit, man. Yeah. Google his name, though. It's fucking great. You'll, you'll, you'll see what we're talking about, though. They're just common American names. <laughs> yeah. Terribly miscast. But, uh, again, not familiar with the first uh, of, of really... I haven't seen Twins in forever, and I don't think I've seen The Destroyer of Conan in a fucking long time. So what, do you, what are you reviewing? I'm going to give uh, Conan The Destroyer... I'm going to give it 11... <laughs> <laughs> Y'all could have seen how animated he was on that one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, damn. Sorry. <coughs> that hurt. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a, I understand exactly what you're going <laughs> You give him one. That's like the equivalent of him. One's him spazzing out with his eyes popping out at the that's end right. of Total Recall. That's right. That was the, the parallel for those that don't know. Uh, well, cool. So, uh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger kick. What else have you been watching, my dude? Oh, I watched... Uh... The Spike Lee movie, uh, Inside Man. Oh, yeah? Clive Owen and Denzel, Denzel Washington yeah. and Jodie Foster. Uh, who else is in that? Christopher Plummer. Uh, yeah, it's enough. I can see his name. What's his name? I'm going to butcher this name. Chiwetel Ichafor. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mordo. Baron yes, Mordo. Baron Mordo. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I don't know who's how to say his name either. And he was also the assassin in Serenity. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. He's also in Children of Men. Yes. Yeah, that's the first time I saw him. Yeah, well, that guy. Barry Mordo. Right. Barry Mordo, the more, uh, more of Cinematic Universe. Um, now, what'd you think? I like that movie, man. Inside Man? I really like it. It, it. As far as like a really tight, intrigue, bank heist movie, it's got a lot to offer. I mean, like it 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 moves at a pretty brisk pace. I mean, like they, they rob the bank within the first four minutes of the movie. And then from there, it just, it never really like... It never really settles down. It just keeps going at a steady pace the whole time. So I think it's only like two hours, 15 minutes. And so you're in and out of there. And yeah, I think it might be 
the least Spike Lee movie. I would agree with that. Either that, or well, no, nah, even Old Boy has some of his flavors, but yeah, that might be the least Spike Lee movie of all. Which I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's like, it's definitely more akin to like maybe a Michael Mann film or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's a more of a studio thing, but like I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. But there's there's a, it's still a good. I'm not. It's not a shot at him. It's just he no, has no, a no. certain it's, signature style. Sure. Like you know, you're gonna get the tracking shot. There's certain writing and certain zoom ups that he does where and he the, like zooms and those, in on. Those are in there. They're, they're, they're still in there, but like it's. It's a little more removed from his typical sure, feel, sure. but he's really versatile, man. He's a really talented dude. Yeah, not that yeah. he needs our fucking approval, <laughs> right, right. but you got it there, Spike. He's like, thanks, white kids. Yeah, thanks, white kids. I didn't <laughs> fucking write none of this shit for you. But uh, no, it, like it, it, seeing how the 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 heist unfolds and like the audience learning, um, really the who done it of it all because the, the the whole point of the heist is keep the hostages moving, keep the Gunmen and uh, intermingling with with the hostages, so that nobody can ever tell who's what and and who's really where. Um, it is a bit of a mystery in the midst of all the yeah. But but even even still, that he does editing choices where he'll show one of the gunmen without their mask off, doing you know obviously interacting with the with the Clive Owen character, who's says from the very beginning, "I am the bank robber," basically. Yeah. Um, so interacting with them, and then they'll immediately cut to them doing the interview, and the robber is just playing it like telling lies and just playing it off as if like why he couldn't be a suspect or like anything that he says now eliminates someone else as a suspect. So it's this really great uh, chess game of constantly moving pieces and cat and mouse trying to out you know outdo each other. Um, you know Denzel Washington plays the hostage negotiator. And, you know, this is his, like, big shot to, to finally make senior detective or whatever, so. Yeah. Also, I thought the movie The Negotiator, starring Sam Samuel Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> Very similar. Very similar. No, it is good. My, one of my favorite scenes, uh, I think it was, I think somebody has a phone, if I recall correctly, and there was, like, a whole no phone policy, and then the phone rings, and it's a Kanye West, the gold digging song. Yeah, the gold yeah well. Song. And they kicked the shit out of that dude, man. Yeah, basically, Clive Owen... When he takes over the bank, demands everybody turn in their cell phone. He puts puts them all in a big bag, and the bank manager says, "Well, I, I left my phone at home." And he goes, "You're bullshitting me." So then he goes through all the phones and he starts cycling through. Like this is back in the flip phone days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he starts cycling through, looking for his name, whatever. Finds the name on the phone, calls it, and then of course his phone rings from his office, and he's just like, "Hey, don't worry about, it. don't worry about. It. Come here, let me just talk to you real quick, real quick." They go in the office. Close the door, and then it's just silhouette and madness of like <laughs> him pounding the fuck out of him, just stomping the concrete out of him. Yeah, no, it's a terrific ass beating, one for the books up there with uh, Ethan Hawke and Training Day, where he has oh, to yeah. throw himself on a moving car just to hopefully have a chance to catch this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one to watch. <laughs> it's another great movie. Why yeah. are we not watching that? Yeah, we could. We could talk. <laughs> I saw a Terry Crews interview where he talked. He was in Training Day and he worked for free. And then the the director Antoine Fuqua liked him so much he kept bringing him back. He's like, "We're going to find something for you to do. Find something for you to do every day. Help launch his career, man. So be that guy. Be a part cool, of the man. solution." But uh, we're not talking Training Day. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but no, I do like that movie, man. Um, I mean, it's Clive Owen. It's weird. Like he he's kind of had a. He, he, I mean, he's probably, he's a star, obviously, but like he's never had that one that I can't think of that you're like, oh, it propelled him into like mega stardom. He's just been in a lot of cool shit. 
You know? Yeah, I mean, he was in like uh, even like children. Shoot him up. Yeah, shoot him up's a men. great yeah. movie. Children of Men. Uh, children of Men is, is a great movie, but it wasn't like it wasn't a sure. like a blockbuster thing. You know, he did he did the uh, the King Arthur bit. He was in Sin City. Sin City. He that's was right. Badass in Sin City. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But Marv I, stole all that. So Mickey Rourke as Marv was the king of that show. Well, yeah. I mean, he was the Valley Kilmer of that. He of was. That movie. Yeah. yeah. But but I mean, again, like you, you look at some at Clive Owen's career. I can't think of one single movie where I would be like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that one. Yeah, even like the romantic comedies and stuff, you're like, you gotta do one, man. Sure. Like, you gotta you got have one for the book, so. Hey, man. American American women love a hot dude with a British accent, so. Yeah, yeah. It's with Jude Law, the, the Jude Law effect. Of, uh... <laughs> yeah, but no, Clive Owen, he's been doing this. Previously thing. known as the Hugh Grant effect. Yeah, the Hugh Grant effect, yeah. <laughs> Hugh Grant, though, man, he was, you could tell he was like, I don't think he was, acting as far as he was actually just kind of a grimy dude and then like all, <laughs> all that shit came out about him about him just like harassing people and like kind of being a playboy and it's like art imitating life or I don't know how much he was really stretching to maybe you know and he kind of had that like cheeky which is just natural for a, an Englishman I think that kind of embraced that being like the whole gentleman cheeky kind of like sure sure you don't punch down at people but you you know whatever so but he was a—he had a body count on him in the movies and in real life. So, well, now Clive Owen's the man, though. To pay it back to him, and I, and I do like—and I do like Inside Man. I haven't seen it in a long time. You want to go back and watch it though, because I forgot. It's, it's definitely worth it, man. It's—it's it's, like I said, it's—it's it's got all the star power that you want. I mean, Jodie Foster, Christopher Plummer, all those cats. Um, but it's also really, really well shot. It's really competent, competently shot. Like, there's no. There's no wasted momentum in the movie. Like, it, like even the slow parts, it's they need that slow part to build to something else. So. When you slow it down in a movie like that, you slow it down to raise the stakes. Right. That's what like John Wick does. A lot of movies will be like, all right, we're going to slow it down. One, to give you a break so you can appreciate it again more. And also, it's like you need to build the stakes for something to come. Of Like, oh, we have to elevate the emotion behind it so that way the action can right. match it. Of like, oh, now he's fighting for... Oh, now the bad guy has his daughter, so he has personal stake in the game. He's going to blow up the building, but his daughter's a hostage too, so you right, got to build right. that shit in well, there. And this movie does does a really good job of that, and, and I think that's that's kind of clutch in movies like that, it, is that at some point you need to just tell the audience very directly, very plainly, here's where we are. Like, here's what's at stake. You know, yeah. like just you just got to reiterate what's at stake so that they can keep up and not not to like punch down to them or, or like treat them like they're dumb but just no, to no do do no Please no no no, no. it's not like you're they're incapable but it just sort of like solidifies what they already know in their head you know you, you don't have to do it a lot but you do have to do it periodically no I got you I got you I mean People get lost. That's how people get lost, you know. Right. Like the departed. If you're not paying very close attention, is that way. Like a prime example. I've told exactly. the story of one of my friends. He was like, I liked that movie, but I have no. I forgot which white boy I was rooting for. They both looked <laughs> the exact same. They both were talking the exact same. They both mannerisms were the same at certain points. So I just forgot which white boy was which and for what reason. It's just fucking hilarious to me. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But, Good, great example of that. Of just yeah. like at some point, you you need somebody to sit down and be like, "All right, children, here's where we are. Here's where we are again. Before we get into the third and final act, right. here's right. what we've been. Here's what we've lost. Here's what we're fighting for." So yeah, but that's a good tot. Uh, I hate that word tot, but I just used it. Tight. Just say tight. Just you know? tight. Just tight. Uh, but it's a good thriller. That movie. I like a good Who Done It Too, man. Yeah. 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 So, what do you rate it? Inside Man. 
Official. I can't Ooh, chime I'm in. Gonna, I'm going to give it uh, 14 days in a cell, but not necessarily a prison. Oh, I see what you did there. It's called a callback. Mm-hmm. Good call. Or a reference, whatever. I don't know. It's something. <laughs> I see on my notes here we have a Thing remake. Is this a Fantastic Four thing? No, no. This would be the uh, John Carpenter's thing. The prequel reboot. Oh, the one I've seen part of? Yes. Again? Yeah. yeah. So, in the original thing, they they McCready and, and his crew all go to the Norwegian uh, outpost. And, you know, they're seeing burned bodies, you know. Mangled. I thought it was Antarctic. Antarctic. Yeah, they are. They, it is in Antarctica, but it, the... the Scientific crew, the, like the the nationality of the outpat outpost, is Norwegian. Okay, something one of those. Yeah, Denmark yeah. Ends. Right, right, right. So they talk like this. Pork, pork, pork. <laughs> um, so when they go to investigate the outpost, they're seeing mangled bodies and and think everything's been burned down and just you know that's where they find the the, the find out about find out about the spaceship and all that. So this movie is the story of the Norwegian outpost and everything that went wrong there. Oh, so I thought it was the same like setup. I thought it was just a true remake. This is kind of like a no, prequel no, no, no. kind it's, of thing. It's it's the prequel, right? This movie, like you remember that in the first movie, it opens. Nope. Okay, no, <laughs> no go right. ahead. You've never seen it. That's right. <laughs> no, go ahead though. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the first movie opens with a dog being chased. By men in a helicopter trying to shoot it down. This movie ends with that scene. Oh yeah. Okay. So now I got. It's kind of like uh, Rogue One. I got, and, uh, I got Episode yeah, yeah. Four. I got it. Yeah. No, I'm with you. All right. Yeah. So what are the differences? Obviously, I didn't. I didn't even know it was a different story. I thought that it was like a true remake. This is like a prequelized. Yeah. Why did they call it the thing then? I guess. I, I don't know why. I, good question, sir. I think it's piss poor marketing. Yeah, quite it is. Frankly. It is. Uh, Maybe that's why people, because it, like, that's why some people hated it. They're like, "Oh, the remake, the well, remake." Well, ultimately, it's for all it attempts to do, and it, it does make a valiant attempt, and it stays, it tries, <clears throat> it tries to stay as faithful as it can to the original story. For the most part, I think it's hindered by 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 its own constraints in terms of of like there's certain iconic images that it has to hit because we've seen them before in the original, so. We have to see the axe in the wall. We have to see the two-faced, you know, creature that was melding together. We have to see the burned body in the shed. We have to see, you know... So it's a little bit like the Solo movie? Like, you, you're certain things that you know are going to come? Right. Like, he's going to do the Kessel Run. He's going right, to find right. Chewie. He's going to, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, so, so yeah, like, you know that there's certain markers that they have to hit. And then I think the other part that they really fucked up on was... Besides the marketing? Besides the marketing. Because I'm just now learning this, and it's was. Fucking... They they went with a CGI creature, and it looks really hokey, and it looks really bad, like like sci-fi movie of the week kind of uh, bad. Yeah. Um, whereas in the original, you know, it was all animatronics, and it was all very clever editing to try and hide like less is more kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. And in this, like, they literally they're just like full alien, and it looks like this Akira, you know, like monstrosity, you know, this this Cronenberg body horror thing, just creeping down the hall but it's you see it and and it doesn't look great and it's 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 sort of a letdown in terms of like oh well that doesn't look scary at all it just looks goofy you know yeah 
Yeah, putting a face on the evil sometimes kind of takes away from it a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Like, you know, once you pull off Vader's helmet and see that he's just a craggy old man, then it's sort of like, oh, now I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, like, do they do, in this movie, do they do the little blood test thing, too, where if you put, like, the copper wire... Because, like... No, they... So they don't see... Again, my very sparse understanding of it in the original. I thought it was a true remake. And I remember somebody was telling me, this guy, shout out to Chris, uh, was telling me, he's like, they just hit the same beats over and over again, but it doesn't work. So I didn't... I, that's why I guess I thought it was the they, same They movie. do try to hit the same beats, but unfortunately... The the re the whole reason why the first movie worked was because you had never seen something like that before, right? You know, I mean, obviously it's it's already a remake of a nineteen fifties movie and a, a remake of a nineteen twenties series. But nobody watched those. But, but at that <laughs> point, I mean, that's that's so generationally right. gone that like it's conceivable like you might not have ever seen something like that, um, and so trying to recapture that magic of like who is the thing and what is it and who and you know who can we trust. But not really giving the full credit or, or, or giving the full extension of what that means. Like, it, it's almost as if somebody, like, told a producer the story of the thing and then they just went, okay, cool, we can do that. As opposed to sitting down and watching the thing and understanding why all the intricate moving parts I gotcha. work the way that they do. I gotcha. It, the, the best analogy I can think of is somebody looks at the... A cake box, and mm-hmm. they go, "My cake's gonna look like that." But then they just start throwing eggs and flour and all the necessary ingredients, but they don't measure it, they don't do anything, right. and then they get mad when the shit that they pull out of the oven doesn't look like it does on the box. Exactly. And it's like, well, you didn't fucking do exactly. what makes it work to come exactly. together. Yeah, exactly. I got you. Right. Like, I got you. You put in all the ingredients, but you fucked up the formula. Yeah, like entire. I got you. That was a good analogy, Marcus. Thanks, Marcus. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'll, I'll watch them eventually. It's on the list. You recommended it to me. Yeah. Again, it's it's not totally unwatchable. I just think, and in answer to your question, yes, they they do 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 they do something similar to the blood test, but it's so dumb that it sort of it sort of eradicates all the good that they had done in the previous movie. Like, so instead of doing the blood test, they're just like, oh, the thing can't replicate metal, so. I'm just going to check everybody for fillings, and if you don't have a filling, then obviously you're the thing. And it's like... What if I take care of my teeth? That's literally what one of the characters said. He says, so I'm going to get murdered because I believe in dental hygiene? Like, that's fucked. But, like, in the original thing, the only way that you could tell, like, was by doing a blood test. You Like, it didn't react... It, it reacted poorly to heat. And, and so why wouldn't you just... I don't know. It was already there. Like, just fucking do it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, they were trying to put their own spin their on own it, wrinkle and it, was, in it. And it was like, well, that's dumb. That's a dumb wrinkle. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. Yeah, sometimes, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Exactly. I would have honestly much rather they did, like, a Gus Van Zant psycho kind of thing where they just did a shot-for-shot remake. I would have watched the shit out of that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with modern. You put Harry modern. Styles in it. Back then, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like an infant, we became other. No, 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 no. I'm talking like oh today, yeah, yeah. today, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whatever big star, put Timothy Chalamet in it. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, whoever. Yeah, whomever. They're one and the same. Ultimately, ultimately, yeah. They're so brooding. <laughs> uh, whatever. So handsome. Yeah. Nah, so what do you uh, what do you rate it, man? Because I know that you hold the first one really, really high. 
Yeah. We've talked about I'm, it a lot here. I'm going to give it one wasted storyline. <laughs> one death of a franchise. Yeah. Maybe not the death of a franchise, but definitely a setback. Yeah. Definitely a serious injury. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like Jordan coming back wearing 45, it's just not quite the same anymore. <laughs> the jump's kind of gone. You're like, you didn't have to come back. We remembered you so fondly. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. All right, well, cool. All right. Um, I guess what the hell have I been watching? Yeah, what, what have you been watching, bro? I've been uh, rattling on. No, you're good. I always ask you first. That's the formula, my guy. Uh, I have watched a couple things, uh, mostly cartoons, a couple other things. I watched the elephant documentary with Natalie Portman. I watched a couple episodes of that. Wait, Natalie Portman was an elephant? Yeah, she was an elephant. It's a documentary she narrates. It's interesting. It's a National Geographic one. There's not a lot to say about it, except you just they follow around some elephants. I mean, that's okay. Yeah, it's cool. You feel bad for them at a certain point, and you're just like, man, somebody should really go in there and help these fucking things. <laughs> like, Who will help follow, the elephants? Instead of following around with a camera crew, give them a big-ass bucket of water. <laughs> always bugged me where they're like they're like this is the code of the of the uh nature right. photographer i can document but never interfere you try to I give them a, you try to give them a carrot you hear dun 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 <laughs> helicopter swoops in shoot you with a tranquilizer dun 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 save the animal they just shoot you you cannot interfere you wake up buck naked in the Serengeti like oh I fucked up oh you hear that theme song coming over the horizon you're like where are they coming from submarines it's like apocalypse now just a ride on the Valkyries Running down cameraman, they're sprinting <laughs> like dog food over their shoulder, trying to feed the hungry wolves and shit. Oh man! Fucking Richard Attenborough come at you like T one thousand. Attenborough himself steps out of the narrator booth, <laughs> just starts hogging it down. Somehow a different camera crew like just pops Ken- up, like a Kenyan runner. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, why do you think I speak so slowly? I've been being preserved. <laughs> One must preserve one's strength. Yeah, straight hawks a motherfucker down. That was a good bit. I'm, I'm proud of ourselves for that. Uh, see, I've been watching a couple, a little bit of that. Watching a little bit of Celebrity Jeopardy, which makes me feel smart. Good. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm not good at regular Jeopardy. No, every once in a while they hit me with one category I can fucking yeah. crush. Yeah. You're, yeah. You and Pops are pretty good at it. You and Father X are pretty good at it. Jeopardy. I mean... You know, motherfucker reads a couple books, you know. Yeah, y'all just think you're smart. <laughs> the issue is. And I don't pretend to know shit. But uh, I did watch John Wick 4. I talked about that. But I'm not going to talk about that yet because I want you to truly watch it. And then I can... I will. We'll sp- I've talked about it a lot, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. So I'll spare y'all some Johnny Wick's 4 talk. But at the cost of sparing you John Wick 4, I am going to talk about a movie that I mentioned uh, about two weeks ago, or two podcasts ago. I watched the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, hell yeah. Dude. First off, this movie's making all the fucking money. Like, if you yeah. have money, it, it's going to get yours too, trust me. Apparently, it's the uh, it's the revital, revitalization of, of theaters. Uh, Between for, this and for, John Wick? Yeah, it's, yeah. Theaters are back in a big, bad way, man. I mean, Avatar helped. I mean, it's been coming back slowly, but... People are coming out in droves, but, man. But Avatar didn't do nearly as much as people thought it was going to do. They thought it was going to be... a billion dollars. It <laughs> did pretty well. <laughs> uh, it did pretty well, but 
I mean, John Wick is this one's officially the highest grossing. It's over three hundred fifty million dollars. Hell yeah! The fourth one in a franchise. So what does that tell you? People like that shit. It's just getting better and better. Super Mario had the greatest opening for an animated film of all time. That's pretty good. Fucking crazy amounts of money. I mean, especially over like some of the Disney movies and Pixar movies. Frozen Two still is the highest grossing per our trivia. Uh, Frozen Mm -hmm. Two is still the highest grossing animated film of all time. It's my school of hard knocks office right there. Um, I hate that category. Yeah, I love that category. Uh, but no, this one's it's already like it's going to cross the billion dollar mark. I mean, between the last two weeks, it was like seven hundred something or five hundred million, and then it was two hundred fifty million. So it's barreling its way towards a billion some odd dollars, Shit, man. Let's do it. Why not? I dude, I'm gonna be real. I, the people that just chose to shit on it online mostly were critics. Like it's mm. one of those things where the the critic score and the actual audience score. Is like or the cinema score or whatever, opposite ends. One's sure. like it's mediocre at best, and the other, other people are like, "Dude, I fucking loved it. My kids loved it." And sure, like, you can't appreciate this on some level. Like you have no joy in your heart. That's how I feel. <laughs> sure. Even if you barely played Nintendo and you have a passing familiarity of just the theme songs and what Mario is and the power ups and shit like that, you'll truly appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, I've heard that the movie is a real like who's who of easter eggs and, oh, and cameos and and you know little like little thing that they throw in just for like hey remember this from that really obscure mario game a long time ago it that's exactly what it is yeah and it's i'm here for it personally like yes i'm an easy mark let's get that y'all if y'all haven't figured that out by almost 40 episodes into the podcast <laughs> like i am an easy mark and if you show me the thing i'm like they did the thing it was kang on or modok he was he was on screen with the head and the he head was, and he floated and he had the, the thing and the he lasers. shot the laser beam yeah remember that that was cool yeah that was cool I'm Chris Farley in the fucking <laughs> SNL sketch uh, which we'll talk SNL in a minute but um yeah I admittedly when I first saw the the trailer for it at first I would have said like oh my god why do we need this but then I remembered a little movie called the Lego movie where I said the exact same yeah. thing and it ended up being one of my favorite movies, not only of the year, but like one of my favorite animated movies ever. It's a little different in the fact that there's no, there's zero plot line with a Lego movie with, with Legos. That's the whole point of them is you can, it's your imagination. You sure. can buy a castle set, but you can build a fucking spaceship out of that castle sure, set if right. you wanted to. Um, but even though like the plot line for Mario, it's fucking so minimal. Like usually Daisy or somebody gets captured and it's up to right. Mario to save the day. And uh, that's the plot, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure he has to go to Bowser's castle and go to level 8-8. And I'm sure at some point he teleports through tubes and picks up a fire flower. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. It's uh, it's cool, though, man. Like Again, to the people that wanted to shit on it or whatever, I get it if whatever your expectations were. I just want to ask an honest question. Like, what did did you expect? Like, it's Uh it's a kid's movie. Don't... And it... I understand that some people are saying all it does is the bare minimum. It just checks the bare minimum boxes of what we wanted from this movie. And it's not a bad thing to do yes, more. Yes, and thank you. Yeah, exactly. But so, to me, that's all I want. How many movies don't do that? You exactly. Know what I mean? Like, So, yeah, thank you for doing the bare minimum and giving me the things I want to see. Yes. Yeah. And the people that shit on it over Chris Pratt, like I, I can understand that a little bit. But somebody said something and it made me kind of wise up to a little bit. Like, you know how fucking annoying it would be for 90 minutes just to hear a fucking Italian stereotype of, it's a me, a Mario, blah, 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 for 90 fucking minutes? Me? I would love it. Michael would love it. Yes. <laughs> but it would get pretty old pretty fast. And even then, they have to admit that it's an, 
1980s version of what Japanese people thought of Italians in Americans. <laughs> so like, it's not like an up to date fucking look at you know nuanced look. Like even look at Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Like all it is is a fucking. You don't understand how badly I want to do a really, really layered, stereotypical voice right now. Michael, I'll give you the floor is <laughs> yours for five I want seconds. to do an Asian guy doing an Italian guy doing an American guy so bad, but I won't. If you hear, I'm going to give Michael five <laughs> seconds, and if it just remains a silent, that means that Michael chose to cut it out, but the floor is yours, buddy. I'm definitely going to cut it out, but you'll love this. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Workshop, man. I want to hear this on, on record, too. That's so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I'm proud of that one. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty stupid too. Oh, is it on it's here? recording. Yeah. Okay, that means Michael didn't have the courage to do it. <laughs> um, but no, but even like it's pretty funny though. Yeah, but even then, like I said, go look at like Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and it's fucking like that's why cartoons back in the day they don't have time to like. Granted, some cartoons are just fucking racist, and like Mike Tyson's Punch Out. It's just pretty fucking racist. They don't have a time to sit there and tell a nuanced story of cultural diversity and differences. Right, right. So like we're gonna add, we're gonna throw an Indian dude in there who has something about a tiger and he disappears because of his turban. Like, sure, why not? Sure, like we're gonna get an Italian uh, an Italian dude in there named Don Flamenco and he's gonna come out there with a rose in his or a Spaniard named Don Flamenco and he's gonna come out there with a rose in his and mouth and he's a difference? matador. Like the the uh, Pakistan or then Istanbul is the guy's right, name. You right, know, right. it's like. So it's all kind of racist anyways. And so if you just had Chris Pratt doing shitty Italian voice, it would be even worse than if he just did his own thing. I, I really do believe that in my heart of hearts. But I will say this. Whatever your thoughts on it were, it, it works. He does a good job. He does a good job of Mario. And it's, his, it's the little things like the wahoos and all that. You can tell where he put the effort into the Mario aspect of it. And they're like the yahas and all that, the sound effects. Sure, sure, sure. Like the like the the, the the sound bites from the game. Yeah, the old Ederson's, all that stuff. Yeah, and it's not a bad thing. And uh, Charlie Day is Luigi, of course, who's great. And at one point, I'm like, man, this is just a fucking Mario movie. It's not a Mario Brothers movie, as it won't pass the Bechdel test if <laughs> if it's the uh, the Luigi te- the Luigi Bechdel test. Uh, yeah, well, no, if if it was Princess Peach, that was just. Being, sure. If if the roles were switched and it was Luigi and Mario rescuing her, it wouldn't have worked because sure. she she would just be helpless, and that's what Luigi's thing is. But that's also kind of his his arc in it. He be it becomes the Super Mario Brothers movie at the very end, and you're like, oh, thank God, because I was okay. kind of getting to that point where I was like, you can't do my boy Luigi dirty like this. Because <laughs> please believe, if I'm not Yoshi in a game. I'm Luigi. <laughs> that is spoken like a true younger brother because yeah. only younger brothers were ever Luigi. Yeah, Luigi's the dude, man. That's exactly what Eldest brother was always Mario. You could always tell. Be like, when you played Mario Brothers, which one were you? I was Mario. Fucking, you're the oldest. And I am in a white shirt and green pants, and Michael is in a red shirt and brown pants right That's now. Right. So That's right. we got our uh, attire right. That's right. But it is filled with a bunch of, like... Kind of like how the newest Super Smash Brothers game is a testament to video games as a whole. If you appreciate anything historic about, like, if you're into a buff kind of like I am, you'll appreciate all the little, like, Easter eggs, as it were. And some people, oh, it's just Easter egg the movie. Like, yeah, it kind of is. Cool, that's fine. But they check all the boxes. There's all the theme songs when you want them to play, play perfectly. Yep, there's a, a scene where it zooms out and it's 
it's side-scrolling 2D platforming. They're trying to get nice. to work. And if you pay attention, if you've played Super Mario Brothers 1, level 1-1, the very first game that came with Duck Hunt and all that shit, I won't give it away, but watch where the platforms are. Watch where the stairs are. Uh-huh. Watch what's what's in their way, floating and bobbing and stuff. It's a very close. To, it, it's, I'll just spoil it. It's an exact recreation, but you don't see it like that. It's New York like landscapes. It's modern day, but the exact platforms of where everything is. Oh, really? The little box. It's a one for one, and it's you have to pay really close attention. But at the end, they slide down the the a flagpole, and it's and you hear the theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just hit it real quick, and then you go back and watch it. It's they recreated it perfectly. That's cool. And it's pretty cool. There's a lot of little things like that. And it's it's not just that they do a super smash the Super Smash Brothers take they ride go karts sweet of they course. do it all yeah. it's it's actually a lot of fun man are there indeed penguins and are they pushy they are pushy they do yes. not they do not push the way you want but more of their attitude right. is a little bit pushy they push they publish the book of push, push. yeah um, <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. But that's an it. OG callback. Yeah, it is. But there's a there's a little star sprite that's captured in the movie, oh. and it's so nice. It's, they got some little kid to do the voice, and it's fucking hilarious. I won't spoil it for you, but okay. I fully recommend the movie, man. Um, Princess Peach certainly doesn't need saving in it. That's one of the plot points of like she's Mario's just kind of there. It's kind of right. like Indiana Jones. He's just kind of there, like, hey, you're gonna go fight Bowser anyway. He also's got Luigi, so I'm coming too. But like. She's well on the quest, well without Sweet. him. She's just sympathetic and teaches him the rules of the game. Kind of has a little Rocky montage for him. So, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, man. It's ninety-two minutes, including the credits. Oh, that's good. So yeah. you're like in and out. You got everything you want. It's like, hey, here's Mario rolled in cotton candy. Go have fun. And it's a kid's movie. I wouldn't that's say a great pitch. I wouldn't say it's like Shrek in the sense of like, hey, oh, there's kid, there's. There's jokes for adults, too. There's not. There's references that you can appreciate as a Mario historian uh-huh, uh-huh. or somebody who's played it their whole life. But, but they're not doing the, the like innuendo jokes nope. to like nope. pass over the kids' heads or whatever. Nope. Okay. Kids movie. But again, enjoy the shit out of it, man. Sure, I, yeah. I actually fully recommend it to anybody. And Yoshi does make a quick appearance, but <gasps> it's a blink and you miss it thing, Aww. which I'm fine with. But Because at least he showed up. They, they showed my boy Yoshi. And hopefully there will be a sequel I'm more than, more than willing to bet. Oh yeah, as much money as this movie's made, like just on the opening weekend, yeah, they solidified at least a yeah. franchise for sure. And I'm all for the Nintendo verse, man. Like it's a, I, I fucking love all that shit, man. So bring it on. Give me Mario Kart's golf's tennises. Bring me a Yoshi movie. Bring me a Luigi's Mansion movie. Give me all that shit. Bring Star me a, Fox. The give movie. me a Star Fox movie. Give me all of that shit. Give me a Metroid uh, movie. Dirt Bike Kid, the movie. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, you should or do a Excite Bike. Sorry, excite, Dirt Bike Kid. I know what you meant. <laughs> I was thinking Paperboy. <laughs> Paperboy on a dirt bike. He's jumping hills. But I'll give it 99 stars, man. Truly. 99 but stars? It's usually about 120 in a game. Oof. But yeah. It's, Maroon. That's a lot of stars. That's a lot of stars. I, I enjoy the shit out of it, man. And granted, I am an easy mark. But uh, it's a, you can beat the game with about... I'm a real dork mode right now. You can beat the game with at least... You have to have at least 16 in Mario 64. And so there's 120 in that game. So you do the math on the rating and you tell me where I'm at. It gives, gave me what I want and then some. Sweet. So, but I, I truly dug it, man. I recommend it. Uh, I won't ruin any bits. Everyone's Seth Rogen, here's a, a hint. He plays Seth Rogen as yeah. Donkey Kong. It's just his voice. Sure. 
and Charlie Day is Charlie Day. And um, why not? When you look in the credits, Carlos Alarazuki, who played Rocco's Modern Life, is one of them. Kevin Michael Richardson. It's real who's who, and they don't even get like, a, hey, this person played this. They're just like. Just roll them into the credits. Yeah, right? yeah, just additional voices by. And if you look into that, it's like your fucking childhood. It's like, Sweet. oh shit, like Rocco's up there and Phil Lamar. It's a lot of people. So. Oh shit, yeah, why not? Yeah, so I fully, fully, fully recommend that. Um, on that note, we are going to give the people what they want. We're going to take a quick break from our sponsor, Carmex Carfax. <laughs> for these uh, It's Pat Facts. <laughs> 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 Brought to you by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> we'll be right back. And we're back from our sponsor, Jack's Black Jack Black's Fax Wax. <laughs> I don't know. You'll see why. Because we're going to get into a bunch of It's Pat's Facts that I also wanted to give, because I forgot to, Jack Black a shout out uh, as Bowser. He fucking steals the show, and I'm sure you've probably all heard the Peaches song by now. But He's going to win an Oscar. He better. I'm mm-hmm. all for it, man. Jables. Be a fucking great thing, man. But no, he he steals the show as Bowser. Like it's his voice is fucking metal when you really listen to it. It's like <laughs> it's a metal voice, man. It's badass. So uh but without any further ado, Michael tried to get out of it. Let me tell y'all. Before we do anything, how who cares about you the people way more than the other one? We're just gonna peel the curtain back on this, huh? Yep, yep. Michael my, it's funny. I I allotted him dodging me a long time ago, so Mike would be like, "Yeah, I'm busy. I'm probably not gonna play D and D tonight." And he'll be like, "Trying to get out of watching. It's Pat, aren't you?" <laughs> like, everything he did up until he came and finally watched this, in my eyes, has always been him trying to. Oh man, my back hurts. I'm gonna be a little late. Oh, <laughs> trying to get out of watching. It's Pat, are you? Not gonna work. I'm on to you. And I've seen the, the gamut in the game you're trying to play. And I'm not going to play. Marcus, I have cancer. No! Oh. I'm getting out of It's Pat <laughs> Sounds like, like you got some time in the hospital. <laughs> you might have bring the It's Pat DVD to you. So, Michael's been trying to weasel out of it, but I finally pinned him down because I care about you, the people. And we did watch It's Pat. We did. That was a thing that happened. That was a thing that happened. It's a thing that exists. So, I'm going to rattle off some It's Pat facts real quick. Uh, Julia Sweeney is the star. Uh, Dave Foley of uh, Kids in the Hall. That's right. Plays uh, Pat's partner or love interest. Lover? Lover, yes. Dave Foley is fucking hilarious in Kids in the Hall, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, underrated performance of the week. We're going to get this out of the way. It goes to Charles Rocket uh, for his role of Kyle Jacobson. You talking about Chucky Rockets? Chucky Rockets. And also the underrated performance of the week also goes to Tim Meadows. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Who is also in this movie. That was more for us. Than... That was more for us than anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a couple people. Yeah. Uh, Phil Lamar made an appearance. Kathy Najimi, who was, plays Tippy. She's the she's in Sister Act. She's in Hocus Pocus. Didn't know this. Voice of Peggy Hill on King of the Hill. Get the fuck out. Learn something new every day. I've seen that the name. The chick from Hocus Pocus is Peggy, Peggy Hill. Hill. And I've seen that name scroll across that screen hundreds of times. Yeah. Never put that together. That was what's Peggy Hill. Yeah, man. Hocus Pocus. Her, man. Yeah. Uh, directed by Adam Bernstein. Written, obviously, by Julia Sweeney and somebody else who I will not Google to give you credit. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but it has a... That's the one person you've mentioned so far. I'm who's sparing like, their career. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I know, right? Everybody else is like, man, fuck you. Uh, made a whopping $60,822 at the box office in 1994. Total? 
Total. 60000 $60,822. Bro, that means that, like, they gave away tickets and, like, they still couldn't get people to show up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know That's... what they spend in market. I mean, you can't. The movie can't be called a success at those numbers. Like, if I can pay for that movie in two years, <laughs> and I don't make that much. <laughs> <laughs> If I can put this movie on layaway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gross, yeah, for real, that's not a good thing. So, yeah, zero uh, percent, a whopping zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes in a twenty-eight percent audience score. Who I'm gonna be honest, a solid eighteen percent of those people are just being cheeky and are like either like it because it's so bad it's good, which by the it's way, not. it's not, it's not, uh, or they're just internet trolls trying to just be like oh i actually liked it and they're just or they're just trying to be like contrarians and be like oh no i really liked it actually i really did no like, no you didn't it's, it's okay to just either like the things that are popular or just dislike the things that suck you know what i mean I, you know what man i gotta admit it as bad as i thought it was gonna be it wasn't nearly as bad as i thought it was gonna be yeah no not at all i'm a complete <laughs> lie that was fucking horrible there were some highlights of it. You want to talk highlights first? You want to bash the shit out of it first? I mean, they're one and the same. Like the yeah, they best. are. <laughs> the things that, that you're going to rip it apart for are also the things you somewhat enjoyed. I mean, it was the only thing that kept me entertained was just watching how big of a train wreck this movie was. I was like, it can't get worse. Oh, wow, it gets worse. Oh, All right, well, fuck it. Let's see how deep this hole goes. Let's fucking figure it out. You're like, oh, Kathy Griffin is the neighbor? (laughs) Not only is Kathy Griffin the neighbor. She plays Kathy Griffin. But she plays the hot neighbor. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Of all the people in Hollywood you could have found, all the B-list celebrities, you got Kathy Griffin to be the hot neighbor. And that's not to cast aspersions on Kathy Griffin. I'm sure she's a perfectly lovely person. Just not physically in the face. (laughs) (laughs) She's a B-rated fucking fucking, uh, Joan whatever her name is. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, yeah. 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 So, just a quick backstory of... of At least Joan Rivers did anal. (laughs) probably talk about it too yeah uh she was a killer though man yeah she was so those who are just now tuning in for all all the new fans michael and i did a deep dive on some saturday night film saturday night live films and we're talking about the pantheon of, a la, of like the of why the ladies man, man isn't top tier roxbury yeah. uh coneheads wayne's world, Wayne's Cone world. Heads, yeah and the question was is where do we rank ladies man among, why is it not as top tier as wayne's world which is some people say is the best or uh the tommy boys of the world and then we, Michael didn't know that there was an It's Pat the movie starring, uh, you know, Julia Sweeney or whatever. He's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So yeah, you just started reading off like, oh, we did, there was a Stuart Smalley. I was like, I vaguely remember yeah, that. Stuart like, saves his family. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you were like, It's Pat. And I was like, there was an It's, it's Pat? <laughs> like, the androgyny, I can't, who knows if it's a boy or a girl. Like, man, I'm just Pat. I'm just Pete. <laughs> You hear that voice throughout the whole movie. Yeah. That's the drinking game is watch It's Pat and every time Julia Sweeney like mumbles and sticks out her tongue just like take a shot. Yeah. Jesus. You will die. Yeah. You You will die. Yeah. The movie is 88 minutes long and you will die. I think it's 78 minutes long. It's not. It didn't even get to the whole. I don't like even this one joke premise we've milked for everything it's worth. (laughs) They got about 70 more minutes out of that than they needed. 
Yeah, it it should have stayed a Saturday Night Live sketch. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it was it's fucking terrible. So for those of us wondering how we got here, that was that was the path. Is we were talking about that, and then I forced Michael to watch it, and he said, oh, "I'm not going to." And I said, "Yes, you are, Michael. The people want to know our thoughts on its path." He had his way with me. I did. Um, so ultimately, the plot is exactly what you think. It's Pat can't find Pat's self, right? And so Pat starts trying all these other jobs and can't seem to find a role for Pat. I don't. I don't know how to say this for for her. It's just, for Pat. It's, it's going to be so difficult to not assigning to, to pronouns out of a out of a being a dick, but but <laughs> no. Pat flips from job to job, and that's pretty much the premise. And then at some point, David Foley comes in as Chris, who is also equally as androgynous, right? And they become lovers in the first like it's pretty quick in the movie. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, first like 15 20 minutes. Yeah. That, like like it, that's that's the culmination of the first act basically. Yeah, is and then Pat just can't hold down a job and is constantly drifting from, you know, mailman to what was it? Like set produ- uh, 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 security, guard security guard to right. whatever the fuck and there's like eight and they're all terrible. And the, all the premises working in retail, working in like all yeah, all this stuff. And yeah. so Pat doesn't know who Pat is and is on this journey of self-discovery, but the then the B plot of of the entire movie becomes is, the A plot. Is nobody knows who Pat, like what the gender of Pat is, and everybody is sort of just like annoyed. But okay, we we no, gotta no, start at the beginning. Hold no, on. Kathy, we gotta we gotta start at the beginning. This is no because Kathy Najami plays the my favorite character in the whole thing where Pat she, she runs like a little shop or whatever like a little CVS a pharmacy or something like yeah. that and I guess it's in the neighborhood that Pat yeah, lives in corner bodega yeah like, whatever beauty supply store or whatever yeah <laughs> she's in it for two scenes and Pat runs in and is like I need to get uh, lubric- a sexual or uh, what is it pleasure Lubricants. lubricant and she's like are you gonna and it's oh for my eye drops my eyes are so dry all the time I need to get yeah, yeah. Condoms is what I call plastic bags. It's like, huh? and she goes on. She does that for like three more things, where it's like handing at what's going to be the sex. I need to get deodorant, and then it's like I like the non-gendered or whatever it is, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. So, and Kathy Najami, in like the first after about three or four of those happens, she just puts all her shit in a bag and it's just like, get out, go, leave, leave my stuff. <laughs> I've had go. enough of your stick, leave. enough of your fucking slapstick nonsense. <laughs> And she's just like, well, what do I, I haven't even paid yet. She's like, it's fine. It's fine. Just leave. Just get out. And she embodies what you feel as the audience. <laughs> just like, if this person came into my life, you'd just be like, nope. Don't got time for this. I, I don't have time for this. I'll be as nice as I can, but I am secretly looking for a way out of this conversation as quickly as fucking possible. And that's that's kind of the problem with, like... Your pro, your main protagonist is about as unlikable as you can get. Like not only just because of the whole androgyny thing and like how how weak that premise is. Oh god, yes. But but just like Pat, like is just an annoying person. Like Pat, I I almost said he, he she, or she. Yeah, I don't. Pat, yeah. yeah. Pat shows up at the neighbor's house at Kathy Griffin's house and just, just kicks the door. Just in. kicks the door in. Kathy Griffin's in the towel, like, "Hey, I was just, you know, getting out of the shower and painting my nails. I was getting ready to go to bed." And she and Pat's like, "Wow, that, I understand that. I I need a hard day after. I need, I need to relax after a hard day as well." And then just plops down on the couch and starts launching into a story. And you're like, "Yo, 
Get the fuck out. It's not even about, I give a fuck what's between your pants. I just want you out of my, my house. house. Just leave. Just, no. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, it's pretty... Let me tell you about my day. And, the, and the jokes that she does are so bad. She's like, oh, I noticed you're in, like, the, her reason is for going in the house for Kathy Griffin. They're like, oh, I noticed your VCR is still stuck on 12. I can fix that for you. And she's like, yeah, come back when it's more convenient for me. Well, what about when it's convenient for me? I'm like, that's the, that's the that's joke. joke. That silence that I just saw in Michael's face, that was the joke. And yeah. then that lingers for like three seconds. And then Kathy Griffin's like, okay, thanks, well, Pat, bye. Yeah. Like, there's no, the scene transitions are so bad. They're like, okay, let's go do that. And then they literally like, bibbidi bobbidi bibbidi off. <laughs> like, it happens like a, every scene transition is like that. They're like, okay, okay. And it ends on that. And then they're like, let's go. Okay, let's go. And it's like fucking spoon feeding you the scene. Tra- it's so oh. bad. The only person that fucking saves this movie is one Tim Meadows. Because well, he's a Hall of Fame. There's two, actually. There's two. But the other one is Charles Rocket, who is, he plays the the main guy in Dumb and Dumber. It's, he's the main bad guy in Dumb and Dumber at the end who pulls a gun. He's like, what if you shot me in the head here? Like, right, right, right. That right, guy. Right. That's Charles Rocket who has a great Which name. is his two claims to fame. Is it's Pat and the one bad guy who had one scene in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been in some other things. He was in Wings. And, but you, if you see his face, you'll be like, oh, I've definitely seen him in some other stuff. But Yeah, he's 80s famous. Yeah, yeah. He's in Earth Girls Are Easy, a couple other things. But... He at some point after Pat gets set up, so he he plays the the new neighbor that yeah. moves into the apartment across the 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 little quadruplex, the quadruplex from whatever from, it is from Pat. And upon meeting Pat, is instantaneously enamored slash obsessed. obsessed, and in a weird psychosexual, but also like I must serial understand. killer way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I must understand Pat to understand myself. That's I think right. is one like, of the lines. Am I gay? Yeah. And so this whole time, Pat has been writing Pat's secret, her thoughts in a diary. Pat's thoughts. Pat's thoughts in a diary. And so <laughs> he's going to be so, it's so tough. This is so tough. This is just bad talking about it. We're doing this for y'all, remember. <laughs> if you understand the struggle that we're having yeah, right, now, right now to lay out this I hope it bullshit plot yeah. and. And be respectful of pronouns and like character arcs and and the artists themselves to a certain extent. Oh God, uh, it's it's tough. But I'm getting flashbacks. Ultimately, there's a diary that Pat keeps on Pat's keyboard. All right, not keyboard. Uh, see, I can't even fucking think of it. A laptop. And it's, there's this. This is the second time this movie has broken us, bro. Oh, I know, dude. It's terrible. It's dog <laughs> We've shit. already devoted too much time to so it. So he... Just bail. Let's just bail nope, now. No, no, we gotta finish, my. Let's just get off the boat. Nope, nope. We're finishing strong. We're finishing strong because I gotta talk about my man's descent into madness. And that yeah. is the highlight of the movie. Okay. The, uh, so the neighbor becomes obsessed with getting this laptop because it has Pat's deepest, darkest secrets and Pat lets that secret out. So he goes, uh, what's the password? Uh, it's in the dictionary. Is the whole thing. And so this guy, Charles Rocket's character, it's actually pretty fucking funny. And I don't think it was intentionally supposed to be, but his descent into madness is fucking actually really fun to watch. Because at first, he's just spending all of his time, like, just yeah, like, thinking about Pat, like, with binoculars yeah, and, like, peeking in the a, window. Pat is a riddle wrapped in an enigma, wrapped, wrapped in a solution that I must solve. Yeah. And... 
And, like, they keep cutting away to, like, he's obsessively looking through the binoculars at Pat, like, 1041, wake up. Yeah. Wearing nondescript pajamas. I can't tell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Kicks the door in on him, um, Pat using the bathroom, trying to figure out what's going on. Right, right. Like, he, see, he sees Pat standing up at the toilet and, like, hears the sound of urination because he bugged Pat's apartment. And he's like... 9.14 a.m. Confirmation. We have urination. And, like, grabs this whole, like, JVC 1990s <laughs> <Right>. camera, <laughs> like, box camera, and storms over to Pat's apartment, kicks open the door, and it's just Pat pouring out orange juice, and it's just like, you never can tell when the orange juice is gonna go bad, man. You're like, oh, oh why did God. we just waste another four minutes and on we'll, this bullshit and we'll, setup? And why are we wasting your time as an audience? Because we love you, and also we don't respect you as an audience. <laughs> but also, I want you to understand our pain. No, truly. I just need to strike out in the darkness randomly and just just hit something. Watching Michael watch this movie was fucking a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. And I gotta give you credit. You only took one break, and you almost didn't come back from it. He's like, I gotta vape. I gotta do something. I was like, no, you're coming back to finish. Don't worry. Uh, do you know how close I was just bailing? Just, just oh, I know. That's why I, <laughs> That's why I went outside. That's why I went outside to supervise. I wonder if I can ride one of them goats. Yep. <laughs> just yep. storm out of here. But no, nah, man. My man's descent into madness. Eventually, it's just that. And then his, oh, eventually, his wife gets gets upset and his wife leaves him because she comes home and she finds... <laughs> this, this joke is actually pretty funny. Uh, just crudely, like... Outside of the frame of their wedding photo, just Pat's face taped over the bride. <laughs> like, not even underneath the not frame. Not even behind the glass. On top of the frame. Like, just scotch taped over. It's just Pat's face over his wife's yeah, fucking face. Eventually, he's like, just descends fully He starts about dressing it. up like Pat, like, going to the same store, like, wearing a wig and stuff. And Pat's <laughs> like, you look real fashionable. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, I'm just trying something new. Yeah, just trying something new. He gets a little Pat marionette doll to help him break in the, the laptop with it. He's like, yes, Pat, I agree fully. But even then, when Pat said, it's in the dictionary, I looked at you and I said, that motherfucker is going to literally pick up a dictionary off of his off of his. Uh, shelf, open to page one and go, page one, aardvark. Page, page two. two. <laughs> like, and then that's going to be the running bit. And literally, the very next joke was he goes, it's in the dictionary. Cut to yep. pulling off a dictionary. Opening up. Page one, aardvark. <laughs> and what do you think, the, as he's descending into madness and he's wasting more time, what do you think the answer to it was? The very last word in the dictionary, like Zyganthemum or something like that. Something dumb. Yeah. Just to show, but I thought at least to make it interesting, he was going to go through it, the entire dictionary and go, well, what the hell? He said it was, or Pat said it was in the dictionary. And then put in, put in, it's, it's in, in the, the dictionary. dictionary. And then that was going to be the password. Like, oh, okay. Uh, no. 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 Which would have made the joke... At least worthwhile because at least then they extended it beyond the expectations yeah. of what you had done. Like you had already in your mind set up, oh, it's in the dictionary. He's going to go through every word in the dictionary. But to take the extra step and go, oh no, it's actually in the, in the dictionary. dictionary. They couldn't be fucking bothered with nope. it. They couldn't worry. It's the laziest shit ever. Oh. So, so yeah, that goes on for nine, 78 minutes. <laughs> I did want to give a shout out to Charles Rocket because he eventually. I tries to ro- he goes to trying to just spy on Pat to trying to romance Pat to trying to full on seduce to full Pat. on like 
like essay, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, like Pat. Oh, some chloroform. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like to eventually like wanting to serial kill Pat, to wanting to like wear Pat as a lampshade. Like, and it's like <laughs> it, it gets really dark really quickly, and it's actually pretty fucking funny because he I, commits to the bit at a certain point. I think that at they some meet point, in the hall of mirrors, and like you don't expect it at all, but he just rounds the corner and he's fully dressed as Pat with like the stupid. <laughs> it's like a joke you didn't really see coming, but. It's, like, it's just him cosplaying as Pat, <laughs> and they do the entire, like, enter the dragon bit in the Hall of Mirrors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, man. But if, if I am you, then who are you? I don't know. I don't know. And what just, am I? <laughs> yeah. And Ween is in it, this band that my friend Drew used to like a lot and would play for him, but... They pick like the worst Ween songs ever to play in the, and they don't come across as good guys. Like they, like they just use Pat. Yeah, the whole point is like, hey, look at the freak. Like they treat Pat like a circus sideshow, like a carnival act, and then they're, and then as soon as Pat's like, hey, so are we gonna go on the road? road? What's that? Yeah. And they're like, oh no, that was uh, we just wanted you for that one night so we could sell some tickets. And like, why would you set your band up to like a be really shitty on stage and play a horrible song, but also like. Wow, these guys are dicks. Like, what manager talked you into this was a good idea? Trust me, guys, it's gonna change your career. Yeah, it's gonna do what what Wayne. This is gonna do what Ozzy Osbourne did for Wayne's World. Like, no, motherfucker, yeah, not at all. you are not Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, it's it's terrible. And again, I I'm not too familiar with their music, but if that was your first introduction to them. You would never, ever, ever want to. They pick two of the worst possible songs. They don't set the mood for like the the nightclub that they're in or anything. No, they come no. out and play some like gumdrop lollipop bullshit, and you're like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" Like, we're just two white guys with guitars. Yeah. Two white guys. Even hey. we, even Weezer was like, "These guys are fucking dorks." <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of Rivers Como calling him the F word. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these fucking guys. Oh man. But yeah, so we did that for y'all, the people. Tim Meadows does make an appearance as oh. as a radio host. because uh, Pat eventually gets a job taking calls like a a uh, not even gets a job like goes crashes into, through a studio. Takes yeah. Kathy Griffin's job pretty yeah, much. Yeah, Kathy Griffin goes to take a, a bathroom break and then pat just starts flipping switches like man who are you and being just an asshole being like i'm dying of cancer like well we all gotta go one day it hangs up it's like and tim meadows delivers and it's i don't think it was written as a joke in the script but tim meadows is so naturally funny i'm gonna butcher it because i'm not him but she's like she's like so you want me to uh what is what about a so you want me to just take a call answering all these nut jobs? Yes, these nut jobs are the exact type of people that actually call talk show radio. <laughs> like, and it's not written as a joke, but it's delivery against what was just said. Just so straightforward and like, yeah. yeah you yeah, can yeah. tell why he was on Saturday Night Live for fucking like 14 years. Like, and then you and I got, I think at that point we stopped watching the movie and just went on a whole tirade about like, what if this is like not, like what if It's Pat is just the origin story of Leon Phelps? Like... This was his. This was his first radio job, and then this is what it, like Pat was what inspired him to go on and become his true self and yeah. form the ladies' man. And Which, yeah, he's like that's the one that got away. He's like I never fucked Pat, and I never wanted to, <laughs> but everybody else can get it. <laughs> and that changed him. He saw something that day 
His little Grinch wang grew three, th- <laughs> grew, three th- grew three sizes that day. So yeah, Michael and I were joking about that. About that was the, actually the origin story of the ladies' man, which we enjoyed. But that was a joke for fucking I mean, two people. Yeah, we. I mean, we got about ten minutes worth of laughs out of it, which is about mm, ten minutes worth of the only laughs we got out of the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, and it was mostly us just riffing. So uh, I will say the other, the only other thing I, I enjoyed in the movie is watching. Uh, Charlie Rockets, uh, Descent into Madness. Like, it really is captivating. At some point, he becomes the Val Kilmer of the of the entire movie. He does. Like, I don't give a fuck about Pat. I don't give a fuck about Kathy Griffin or anybody else of this entire movie. I just want to see how far, like, he's going to go and how committed he is to the bit. He got really into it. He took it by the end to a really dark place when he was, like, frothing at the camera. It was just like, to be Pat is to understand Pat. <laughs> to understand Pat. Well, that's to understand myself. I must be Pat. I must be like, and you can tell you really got into it. So, but yeah, you stop giving a fuck about Pat. You're like, is this dude gonna kill somebody? Because it looks like if you pan the camera right, he's probably killed a bunch of small animals working his way up the serial killer chain to get to like humans, and then he's gonna Jeffrey Dahmer this shit at any minute. Because that's the most logical progression here. Just saying, this dude has a large collection of uh, let's call them keepsakes. Yeah. Yeah, that he does not want people to see. Tucked away in a floorboard. (laughs) Wrapped up in paper and twine. (laughs) Why are we using air quotations a lot? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a visual medium. Yeah, dude. So, I got nothing else on it, Pat, man. It is, I can say this, it is not a movie that is even so bad it's good. No. There was a couple, because the bar was so low... There was about three things I enjoyed, like I mentioned. Tim Meadows, The Descent into Madness, and Pat makes one joke that's actually like on the radio host. Mm-hmm. I was about drowned. This one guy calls and he's like, Pat, I was like, I need help. I'm thinking about killing myself. I've thought about hanging myself. I've thought about shooting myself. I've thought about taking or cutting my wrist. And Pat goes, have you thought about drowning? It's like a cold, wet hug from God. And hangs up the phone. <laughs> That's some gangster shit to say. We laughed at that. That was the most gangster shit. We were like, oh my God. Yeah. Just because I was some gangster shit. This man just said, I want to kill myself. And she said, you should do it in a bathtub. <laughs> Gave a suggestion. <laughs> the only thing worse you could say is, no, you won't, you pussy. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the only thing you can say that's worse. I bet you won't. I bet you won't. Jump, jump, yeah. pussy. Give me your number. If you answer that phone tomorrow, you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there was a that was that was the one joke that kind of slid under the radar on oh this. But God. it's not campy to the sense of like you have fun watching it. It was a fucking hate watch, and Michael and I got through it together. <laughs> I can't like, even say I recommend it. Like, honestly, it... I, I literally am trying to think of redeeming qualities, and the only one I can think of is that, like... It's in the, color? The DVD didn't skip. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it was in motion and in color, so... Yeah. It's it's bad. It's it's like, really if you're if you're a, a, a masochist or 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 a completionist, right, or just, complete, just yeah. want to see like how far down the rabbit hole goes, then sure, go for it. But you're not gonna have a good time. It's it's not no. gonna be. You're not gonna walk out of this like, oh, you know what? Actually, there was uh, some funny parts in that, or something like. I, there's a joke that's gonna 
influence my life. Like, no, there's not. It's it's 78 minutes of a really dry joke that really should have only lasted about eight minutes. Even, like, the moral of the story of, like... Go find your true self. Or go self. find yourself, yeah. or whether it be whether it be your sexuality or your career or the find the, that one person or whatever. Like, it's so muddled down in just, like... Bullshit, bullshit. Oh, the opening theme song's pretty fun, but that was on SNL. They do the full version of the, like... The, the, the do like the WandaVision kind of like it's Pat androgyny yeah some kind of like skit scat bullshit whatever <laughs> Michael and I were like are we we're like two minutes into the movie and the theme song came on we look at each other and we go is this the highlight of the film right now is this this might be the high water mark right now so it only gets deeper and darker from here yeah the theme song was not bad we were right we were right that was a high mark yeah I gotta say, my favorite moments moments of the movie was like the three minutes before I actually hit play. Yeah, oh, it it opens on (laughs) such a flat joke too. Oh my god, you immediately regret it. Like the opening, it starts off in her mother's birth canal. I looked at Marcus and I said, we're really opening up in vaginal tubes. That's what we're doing? That's what we're doing. Fuck this movie. You hear Pat narrate and then you just see like shitty cardboard vaginal tubes as the camera like zooms out of it. You're like, Really? And the ADR is a baby crying, and you're like, we just... Yeah. It starts off really bad, and it doesn't it get any better. It literally opens up with the doctor being like, hey, it's a... And then the nurse comes in and is like, doctor, we emergency. have an emergency. Yeah. And he's like, well, here's your baby. <laughs> fucking smash cut to 30 years later. And then... And we're the, like, really? That's your fucking opening? Is some stupid Laurel and Hardy bit? Get the fuck yeah. out of here. The mom looks at the baby and is like... The obvious Michael saying like, oh... There's an emergency, and the mother grabs Pat, and you go, "Oh, it's Pat!" And the whole which we joked about in the previous podcast, yeah. The whole jokes about like, "Are you a brother or are you a sister?" I'm just me, and then I'm running away out of here. It's bad. So that being said, we we've ripped it. Go apart. watch it. Yeah, just go watch it. You'll like, come hard. Yeah, and then <laughs> actually, I <laughs> wasn't over my head. I was so ready to. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, actually, do watch it and then write us in your thoughts. Uh, what your favorite or least favorite parts were, <laughs> or at don't one, at what you've been watching podcast at gmail Use the subject line. It's Pat, <laughs> and I'll read it in that. I voice. guarantee you, we will read that. If you write in about I saw it's Pat and I have thoughts, we will read them. Or like I want your home address so I can come murder you for making me listen to that <laughs> podcast. Uh, but no, uh, my question to you is though, with a zero percent Rotten Tomato score and a twenty eight percent audience score, mm-hmm. we've seen some bad movies in our life, and I don't mean like oh so bad they're good. Where does this rank among the worst films you've ever seen? Because it, it's on the list. Don't tell me oh, it's not. Oh, it's 100% yeah, on is, the list. It, again, like, when I think of something like The Room or something like Mystics in Bali, like, those are those are bad movies, but at least they have, like, The Room is super quotable and it's so awkward that it, it's sort of... It's the modern day, um, um, what's the Tim Curry movie? Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sure, the, sure. Not intentionally, but it, it's become that. Sure, sure. In terms of it's... It's it's so bad that it all it, it goes all the way around and it becomes entertaining again just because like it can't get much worse. Whereas this is the exact opposite of that. It's it gets so bad and I just keep hoping for some redeeming quality, like some quote, some character development, some 
je ne sais quoi where I'm going to be interested and have some sort of reflection on the movie and go, you know what? But that one part was really cool. And there's really not. There's, there's, there's really, really not. Like, even the highlights that we were talking about, I think that that was just more you and I were entertaining each other about the descent of, of uh, Charlie Rocket. And you and I going off on a riff about, you know, the origins of a ladies' man. It was more, we had to find our own entertainment in this movie. Like, we had to go have separate conversations about totally wild shit just to find some joy in this movie. It really was, like, in the act structure is terrible the way, like, there's a quote-unquote low point in the movie. Where like uh, uh, Dave Foley character leaves Chris. He's like, oh, I've had enough of you, Pat. I can't deal with your back and forth. You you haven't figured out who you are. And you're like, this is this is the low point right. of the movie for them. And then Pat is just impervious to it. He's just like, I'm gonna keep doing me. And it's, like, it's fucking terrible. It's, Pat it's never learns a lesson. Pat at all. Ultimately, at just all. is only is, because they narrate at the end that they learned a lesson. They're like, I guess what I learned through all of this is, and it's like the final. Like paragraph of dialogue in the movie and like a voiceover, right? As you're like you never Chris and, any of that. Yeah, as Chris and Pat get married, you're like, this is terrible. Like, so I want to know though, where does this rank amongst the worst films of all time, and what company is it with? Because oh, I got man. I got one that I can I'll never watch again. I mean, this is pretty high up there in terms of. Gosh, I'm trying to think of. Because I generally do try to find something in a movie that I like. So it's hard for me to think of one that I just absolutely detested. Um, honestly, I think you mentioned it earlier. I'm not a huge fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's another one to me that I know is pretty beloved by a lot of people. But every time I've seen it, I've just never had a good time watching it. I, the, the songs are not great. Tim Curry is fantastic in it. but yeah, it's even, not his acting ability that's in question. Or his commitment to the bit. No, obviously. no, no, no. But... Uh, oh, or man. the part, not the bit. But yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, Street Fighter is pretty. Street Fighter, I can appreciate now, as because I know it's fucking terrible. But it, that is a really bad movie. Street yeah. Fighter is the one that yeah. came to my mind. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is also. Ooh, that was a another dog one. shit yeah. movie. The Lobster. That I didn't mind another, that as much. That was a that was another one I was really really like. It's just it's Colin Farrell just being depressed and mopey for two and a half hours and like. Okay, cool. I get enough of that in my own life. Thank you. John C. Riley's in it, though, I believe, right? Maybe, maybe not. I can't remember. I don't remember. Either way, if he, he would save that movie, though. The movie I thought of that when I saw it that was just absolute dog shit, it was a Darren Aronofsky movie, and it's called Mother. Oh. With uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. Okay. It is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I watch it knowing that, but like I'm, I'm sure there's some deeper meaning of this and this. It's fucking self-important, self-indulgent, like speaking in so many riddles. It doesn't even fucking make any sense. Anyone that's like, I found meaning in like, good for you, but it's it's bullshit. Right. Like if you can't watch it without the director being right, like right there explaining it to you, sure. kind of like a Christopher Nolan movie, like uh, Tenet. Like I don't, I'm just gonna assume he's he has a giant fucking manifesto whiteboard that explains how the rules of his world work. Right. Even when I give him that benefit of the doubt, that movie makes no fucking sense. Sure, at least it's really cool to watch. It's really fucking cool. Sure, to watch. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't anyone that says I understand that movie, like the Quentin Tarantino's of the movie, no disrespect, you know what the fuck you're talking about. The movie's right. garbage. 
But Mother was one of those ones that when I watched it, I was like, what the fuck was the point of that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's beautifully shot, but like that's the only thing I can say about it. And even then, it's just like the plot makes no sense. It's like, are we in? Right. It's still pretty shit. It's yeah. It's just dog shit that's covered in sprinkles. <laughs> and so that is the company I think Miss that Miss Pat. She's a funny comedian that it Pat is with. It's it's just it is that bad where it's like I even as like a joke I maybe would put it on for somebody else to watch as a joke. But I don't think I could sit through it. If I was cooking dinner and I heard it in the background and I didn't have to commit at all, that's about as far as I could go. See, even then, I would much rather put on, like, turn this crap off cause, so I don't have to hear fucking, you know, yeah. I'm Pat. <laughs> like, turn that off. Put on anything else. Like, literally, anything else. I, I, would, I would rather watch... Anal reconstruction videos, you know, where they're going in and fixing old ladies' buttholes. <laughs> At least you'd learn something scientifically of the process. Cool, you know. Why yeah. not? <laughs> it's oddly specific there, Michael. But hey. So yeah, so uh, I guess, it would, is this what you think the worst movie of all time is? Because even like Rocky Horror has I mean, its place. Maybe, to, maybe, me, to me, Mother, it, it's between this and Mother. Maybe not of all time, just because... I mean, at the very least, this was made on a big enough budget to where it looks competently shot. You know? Like, yeah, that's a movie. That qualifies. Competently shot is, yes. You know? Um, So maybe not the worst of all time. In terms of character interaction and, and how devoted I am to, like, caring about what happens in the movie, it might be the worst movie of all time. I literally was looking at you... All the time being like, I just don't give a fuck anymore. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I don't want to know whether it's a boy or a girl or what job they end up. I don't care. I just want this to end. The movie is like 78 minutes long. And how many times did I look at you and go, how much longer? How much more is in this movie? And what, I kept lying on like, oh, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> and we're then you just there. straight up. We're on the home stretch. Yeah, you just got, you were like, dude, we can't check because we're just going to be disappointed. It's not going to be, it's not going to be deep enough into the movie that either one of us is going to be yeah. satisfied. Like, no matter what the time is, like, if there's five minutes left, it's going to be like, fuck, there's five minutes left in this? It's going to oh. be a long five minutes. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, I can't recommend it, but you know, if you're a completionist, whatever, do your thing. Write us, please, at on Facebook. We'll put a post out um, if we probably when this comes out as to what Jeez. you think the worst movie is that you've ever seen. Let's see. I would rank this movie. You know all the torture stuff that Wu Tang goes into at the beginning of the Method Man song. Talking about your nuts, just your put, nuts on a spike dresser, and then yeah. bang them shits with yeah. a spike bat. So like your blah. asshole shut and keep feeding you and feeding I'm, you. No, I've never heard it. Okay, I would say go do all that instead of watch this movie. That's my ranking. I yeah. give it. I give it one Wu Tang intro, but like take it literally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to top that. I got nothing. <clears throat> yeah. The funny part to me, though, Michael, is just my own... This is why I appreciate this movie, and this is what you didn't know, is every time I thought about this movie, I was really starting to laugh. One, it's become a McRib sandwich to me, but not even, like, on that level. <laughs> the funny part to me was, 
I always joke with you, and it's a, a actually a solid point I have about time is the most finite resource mm-hmm. that we have on the planet. Of like, you know, that's why I try to respect people's time of being punctual and this and that and the third. Of like, there's nothing you can do, no matter no matter money, no anything that will give you the seconds of that clock on that day back. <laughs> and I just wasted 78 minutes in your life <laughs> that you are fucking never getting back. No matter how many nice movies I take you to, no matter fucking popcorns we buy each other, them shits are dead, Michael. And that is the part that brings me joy, personally. As your younger brother, I can finally say, I got your bitch ass. <laughs> For all those times, you held me underwater just a little too long. <laughs> Fuck you then. <laughs> I got you from beyond the grave. You ain't never going to get me back. Like that. That's the part that brings me the most joy. Oh, and I've been waiting a long time for this old long time. Michael. A long time for this shit right here. So I see you've opted for violence now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And you, so it has begun. You ain't never getting the that great shit. wasting. <laughs> the great wasting. You ain't never getting that time back. There ain't shit you can do in this uh, life. The next that Gregorian calendar kept on spinning, and you wasted seventy eight of that shit watching it's Pat the movie because I bullied you into it. <laughs> I put it as a veil because I bullied you in I put it as a veil I was doing it for the people no it's vengeance Michael it is mine <laughs> I'm gonna leave you that movie in my will <laughs> so now every time I die you'll be all sad you'll be like oh, at least he left me oh not even a good movie <laughs> got you from me on the grave motherfucker Oh man! On that note, I got nothing oh, fuck. I'm done. Oh. I'm done. So, uh, in summary, go watch the Mario movie and John Wick Four. <laughs> <laughs> got nothing, man. MD three signing out, man. I don't know. Uh, Unless the you got something. Mike D. Oh, just saying. You know what the slogan is? Go watch it's Pat with someone you despise. <laughs>